Hello, book lovers, and welcome to Rather Be Reading. You're Alyssa. And you're Persephone. Join us as we talk about our most recent reads and all things bookish. Here is the next chapter. Okay, okay guys. So. <laughs> it's laugh or cry. <laughs> yep. We're giggling. Um, yes. <laughs> so we just, we went through our whole intro. <laughs> We had so much we just told you guys and realized that something happened with our recording. Luckily, we didn't get into talking about shit before oh we... imagine. So, should we recap? <laughs> no, I feel like we're both, like, so defeated. I know. We're like, okay, Liz has asthma. <laughs> yeah, hello, everyone. I have asthma. <laughs> uh, I'm reading this it's middle grade series. series. Yeah. So adorable. It's about a little detective society. It's a middle grade series. Mm-hmm. Um... The first book's called Murder is Bad Manners. <laughs> it was good. That was freaking adorable. I heard all about it. Yes. That's me. Super cute. Okay. And then uh, Wheel of Time. Yes. I've read <laughs> some of the books. Really? Frustrating. Most of the books. Most of the books. <laughs> 10 out of 14. 5 out of 7 if we're doing fractions. Um, five sevens of the book <laughs> series. I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing it now. Mm. Um, and TV show is airing. Yes. All second right. season. Yep. Second season. You're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. First season was meh. Give it a go. Yeah. High production. Poor plot. Yes. Um, and then that's, you're all up to date. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I actually, okay. I have two things. Yes. That I could, and I'll be Okay. Fast. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, new things, great. New things. Yay. <laughs> We're both sorry, like, guys. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So two things. Number one, mm-hmm. Red, White, and Royal Blue. Mm-hmm. The movies. Yeah. Been re- have you watched it? Yet? It's been wait. It's been released. I didn't yeah. know it's been released. I think it came out like over the summer. Oh, okay. Like, have know. you watched it? Okay, so I started it. Yeah. And I was talking to my coworker about it. Um, and before I watched it, and she's like, honestly, their acting's not the best damn she's like i feel like they're super attractive people yeah but like also uma thurman's in it oh okay and apparently she has this very twangy country like (laughs) accent so love but i watched like the first 10 minutes and i was like oh not it i just damn it they're like great and i feel like it has gotten like a lot of hype like and everyone loves the movie okay but i just after with that like kind of floating in my mind i was like this really is not great damn it it's a little like overacting okay I i see so that's that's one and then the other one when you were talking about um Wheel of Time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad y'all missed it because it was beautiful. So it was <laughs> I very impassioned. <laughs> um, but it reminded me of a question that Dryden asked that he wanted me to ask you. With Name of the Wind, yeah. Dryden was wanting to know like how you felt about Quoth and his like lady love interests and like feminism and like just kind of your thoughts about that it is a whole topic um (laughs) so i do complete like there's a lot of complaints about the way that patrick rothfuss writes women Uh all completely valid i will definitely say it's his the theme there's like two females in this book and they're both like 
depicted in like through the eyes of a man. So like you know mm-hmm. their looks, like they're both very sexualized. Yeah. Okay, there's three. All three of them are very sexualized, and it gets even worse in the second book. Like the second book, there's this. I don't want to give spoilers, but there's like a like a hundred page long sex scene where Quoth becomes what? this like sex god, and it's like his <laughs> first time ever having sex, but he's just what? so good at sex. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. This man is is the best of the best. So there, there, there's a lot to unpack there, and I 100% agree with and understand people's complaints in that in that capacity. Uh-huh. It's this weird dichotomy to me where I completely recognize that and agree with it, but yes. I also love the storytelling. I love the writing, and mm-hmm. I love the characters that are presented. Yeah. a ton so that's my thoughts yeah yeah <laughs> what does he think about it has he said anything I'll have to ask him but I think he has mentioned like uh, like male gaze yeah. over sexualized little damsel and distress yep. yep. like uh, and so yeah I think that um he had like mentioned those things but mm-hmm. I think because you guys have similar yeah. taste in books I think he was like yeah 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 Yeah. for sure so yeah yeah I think he has kind of a similar a similar feel as you Mm -hmm. do where it's like it's hard to hold both but it's necessary because like the beauty of the story and like how it's written and how intricate it is like yeah and I do genuinely enjoy the book like I genuinely love it um and there's a lot of books that I genuinely hate for Mm -hmm. the same reason for Reasons that would lead me to, so it's, I don't know, I think it hit me at the right time. If I read it at maybe a different time, it wouldn't have hit the same. I do want to do a reread and see if it hits me differently now that I'm a little bit older, a little bit more of a feminist, a little bit more kind of entrenched in that, but um, where it hit me at the time, it was great, so. Yeah, no, 100%. I love that. Yeah. I think he'll be excited to hear hear about it. Yeah. Because he's been asking for it. A while. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I still have to meet him. I know. I want to meet him so bad. <laughs> I know. I need to, like, I was thinking about bringing him over for, like, the our little house yeah. get together so you guys can chat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. 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 He's so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Best brother ever. Right on. Yeah. I love that. Oh. Um, any other, any other last minute updates, general things? No. Nothing new. We kind of <laughs> fleshed it out. Yeah. I like <laughs> um yeah cool what a bummer i know you guys missed a whole bunch of ranting about the healthcare system <laughs> yes. finances yeah. like you missed a bunch yes <laughs> that's true sorry about it sorry We're, about it we just spend all of our emotional energy already we can't get back into it <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's so true mm-hmm. it's so true god well um, you're kicking us off this week right that's right okay I'm so excited. All right, Dark Academia, part two. Part two. Yeah. Okay, so I chose to read The Maidens by yeah. Alex Michaelides. He's the author of The Silent Patient. Oh, I didn't make that connection, actually. Yeah. I've heard really good things about The Silent Patient, and I've heard good things about The Maidens, so I'm really excited to hear you talk about it. Oh, thanks. Have you read The Silent Patient? No. Okay. So I keep, okay, here's my thing, like, I keep going to Powell's looking for the silent patient, and it's still... Did I say the silent maiden? No, you said silent okay, patient. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. like a maiden patient. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I keep going to Powell's looking for a used copy yeah. of Silent Patient. But I think that because it's still so, so popular, popular mm-hmm. I keep only finding new copies. Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh. yeah. But I found the maidens at G Dubs. Goodwill. Nice. Good old G Dubs. Right on. What a find. Yeah. And it's like hardcover. It's in great condition. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So I was excited. I snagged her on up um, and then learned that it fits the dark academia oh so you didn't get it for dark academia you got no i'd had it for a little while and i didn't realize like i was going through lists Mm kind of like you did looking for like what sounds appealing in this dark academia land yeah and this was on the list and i was like you're like i have that yeah i'll roll with it yeah so that is how i picked it i listened to the audiobook but i also read it so i did the duel Mm -hmm. mm-hmm i like the audiobook narrator I actually really liked her. Nice. I thought she did a really great job. And there were actually two, um, which we'll kind of get into. Okay, okay, okay. cool. I'm excited. Yeah! <laughs> so, The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. Okay, so fresh out of the gate. Oh, well, also, this is going to be spoiler-free for the most part. Perfect. Yeah, cool. I'm not going to spoil any major plot points. I'm not going to say who done it. Um, in case people want to read it. And I know that, like, I know we have listeners that do, because Stride wants to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do too, so perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Fresh out of the gate, Mariana is sure, without a doubt, that Edward Fosca is a murderer. Ooh. She, like, we as the readers don't know who Mariana is. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know who Edward Fosca is. No idea. All we know right like on the first page in the prologue that she believes like in her bones that Edward Fosca is a killer so we go to the beginning a few days prior Mariana is getting rid of her husband's belongings he died um and so she kind of talks about getting rid of the items and objects and belongings of you know someone that you love and what it feels like um he we find out like about halfway through the book that he passed away swimming in the Mm. mediterranean sea Mm. so sad they were on vacation um because they were trying to like conceive or conceive they were trying to conceive yeah, to have a baby? Yeah! <laughs> but is the conceiving the getting pregnant? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, wait, now you have me questioning it. I, I think I, you're right. Because then don't people, aren't people like, yeah, I was conceived here, or yes, in yes, this yes, car, yes. or yes. at this trip, or... Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Cool. Great. Yes, 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 yes. Glad we worked this out. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Perfect. They were trying to get pregnant. Um, <laughs> Simplify. Long story long. <laughs> trying to get pregnant. And so they go on vacation to Greece. That's where Mariana grew up. Um, and he, her husband, Sebastian, went for a run and then went swimming. In oh, that sea. sounds delightful. It doesn't sound glorious. Yeah. Um, Not the he- running part, but the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's me, my newfound asthma. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But he ends up going for the swim. The water's really choppy and he ends up dying. So really, really sad because they're going to start a family. Right. Now half the the key ingredient is gone. (laughs) 
Whatever what we do. The ingredient expired. We need a replacement. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. And so she hasn't been the same. She's still reckoning with her grief. This happened, like, I think about 18 months prior. So okay. it's still close enough to be, like, actively affecting Tough. her. But there is a little bit of distance between when it happened and where she's at now. Okay. Um, How but- old are is she were they slash were they so she at present is 36 okay um and so i think about 35 ish yeah okay. 34 35 ish um when he had died so mariana is a group therapist that's her profession she practices in her home so we see her kind of setting up chairs for the group that's going to come in they come in all of like the patients for this group therapy um among them is one named henry and henry brought like a coffee cup to like a drink to um therapy which is kind of against their rules like no outside food or drink Mm -hmm. which i don't know whatever but so he brought it one of the other members of the group is like, Henry, that's against the rules. Da-da-da. And he's like, it's just a fucking coffee. <laughs> like, Fair. Yeah, yeah. It's this whole thing. Okay. And Mariana's like, it's not about the coffee itself. It's about boundaries. But then she kind of goes into how, you know, Henry was horribly abused as a child. And so when children are typically abused, like the first thing to kind of get broken as boundaries and the sense of boundaries and so he um he ends up storming off Mm -hmm. and then he comes back the group ends but at the end of the group he lingers and she says that he's been like kind of lingering this like every time after every session he'll stay behind so that he gets that like one-on-one time Mm -hmm. and attention um so he's kind of clingy and we learn Because he goes, like, I just want to spend time with you. I don't want this group. I just want to spend time with you. And she's like, that's not the point of the group. Like, if you want one-on-one counseling, like, I have, like, recommendations for other great psychologists. But, like, that's not me. That's not me. Yeah. And that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I've seen you with other groups. And she's like, are you stalking me again? Like, <laughs> again. <laughs> so we find out that he's like standing outside of her house, looking in her windows while she's like doing these other group therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you have to stop. Yeah. Like, and she acknowledges that like, she's like, I shouldn't have let it gone on, like go on this long. Cause I know that he is like mm-hmm. constantly breaking boundaries yeah. and being like, inappropriate in that way but she just has so much empathy for him and his really horrible like start in life that it's really hard for her to to have him face these consequences because she knows where these actions are coming from right so but we meet him she gets a phone call while he's over and it's zoe who is mariana's niece who's like who sounds extremely or um she sounds extremely distressed okay <laughs> which d word i know i was like i know it's d i know it's clinical <laughs> what is this <laughs> oh god <laughs> she sounds super distressed she's like mariana i need your help i need your help like um and so mariana's trying to like shoo shoo like get out of here get out and she kind of shuts the door in his face mm-hmm. um and she talks to her niece who's like 
turn on the news. So she does. And lo and behold, there is, they've discovered at Cambridge University where mm. Zoe goes to school, a dead body. Ooh. A woman has been brutally murdered. And I think they were saying it's like 20 plus stab wounds. Woo! Like super awful. Um, and it's one of Zoe's friends, Tara. Wow. And so she's like, please come out. Wow. Okay. What? Do tell. No, there's a connection to the book that I read, so uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. But that's funny. Okay. Go. Oh, I'm excited. Um. Okay. So she's dead. She's Zoe's friend. She's not a hundred percent sure because they haven't released the identity of a of the victim. Okay. But she's like Tara's been missing. Like the description fits Tara, and now I'm like I think it's her. Yeah. So she's like, please come over, like, come help, whatever. So Mariana, the next day, heads to Cambridge. (laughs) (laughs) So on the train, um, Mariana meets this guy named Fred. Mm -hmm. And he's a very interesting character and totally gives serial killer energy. Right on. Um, (laughs) He's, like, super klutzy in an endearing way and he's just kind of weird and a little like pushy and like he just keeps trying to like talk to mariana on this train and she's like "Mm okay sure (laughs) it's kind of like when some like your earbuds are in and someone's just like trying to talk to you and you're like stop off i'm clearly trying to do something else yes so he's like trying to like make conversation with her. Eventually, she kind of gives in. She's like, "Fucking fine," and like talks to him a little bit. And then once they get off the train, he's like, "Do you want a partner to walk with you? Like, I can walk with you." And she's like, "No, like I want to be by myself." Like, mm-hmm. um, yes. And he's like, "Are you here about the murder?" Like, and she's like, "Okay, like how? How did you know?" Yeah. And he's like, "I'm psychic." <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, yeah, I have these, like, premonitions. They run in my family. And uh-huh. He's like, so I'll see you again. And she's like, why do you say that? Like, why Why do you say that I'll see you again? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I just have this vision. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to see you again. So bye. Till then. Peace <laughs> out. Like, bye. bye. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. So kind of weird. but um, Already not good vibes getting there. Yeah. yeah. So weird. <laughs> Eventually, he ends up giving her his number um, in case she, like, wants to talk about the murder or whatever, like, and he says he has some, like, valuable information, mm-hmm. so she just kind of relaxes. Suspect A. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> As she's walking along campus, Maria is just flooded with these memories of she and Sebastian, her husband, because they met at Cambridge. They both studied there. And that's where they met. And so Mariana ends up finding Zoe, who's so clearly upset. They do identify the body um, as being Tara. Um, And Mariana, as she's going to visit Zoe, sees kind of a group of um, like law enforcement and um, some like reporters and things like that. And she hears her name. And so she turns and one of the psychologists who's part of kind of that big group mm-hmm. is someone that she had previously studied with. Oh. Julian. Oh. Who's a little slimy slime and okay. is just kind of like, 
oh, you know, like, I've done this before, I'm such a professional, when you know as much as I do, mm-hmm. when you've, you know, when you've conducted as many investigations as I have. <laughs> like, he's just... Chill, dude. Yeah, like, calm down. Yeah. He's a lot. So, they kind of talk, she's unimpressed, and she goes and finds Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and so, when she ends up meeting Zoe, she... Zoe kind of reluctantly says, you know, I have this feeling that it's Edward Fosca. Like, I have this feeling that he's involved. He's a professor who um, specializes in, like, Greek literature. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have this suspicion that, like, he did it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's super charismatic. He has this, like, not-so-secret society of girls and they're called the Ew. maidens. Ew. Mm-hmm. They're like all his students. And uh-huh. so they all like meet in his office after hours. And uh-huh. like, in Fosca's words, they drink wine and enjoy literature. Sure, sure, sure. So gross. And so she's like, I just have this feeling that he's the one, like, because Tara was a maiden. Mm. Um, and she, I know that she had like affections with like Fosca. But, and so immediately he's like, yeah, number one on her new account. number one. Yes, above Fred. Yep, <laughs> the premonition guy yeah. who's also always randomly eating fruit. Okay, <laughs> he's like, do you want an apple? I'm eating an apple. And you're <laughs> like, no. Why do you have apples? No thanks. <laughs> so she ends up attending. She meets some like with some old supervisors and academic advisors of hers from when she was a student. Um. And then she ends up attending one of Fosca's lectures because um, one of her old academic advisors is like, his lectures are by far the most like attended. People are like cramming in the mm. aisles to like sit and listen, you know, because all this giving me kind of culty vibes. So culty. Yeah. He's got a man bun. <laughs> Total cult. <Yeah. laughs> it's like I get major like. Jared Leto energy. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's, like, kind of hot, but, like, slime. But also kind of gross. Slime, yeah. slime. Yeah. Yeah. Man bun energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she attends. He is so charismatic, like, so attractive to her, like, to her. And everyone just has this very, like, swoony kind of response Google to him. Eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so she ends up meeting him after the lecture and he like addresses Zoe and is like, hi Zoe. And she seems like genuinely afraid of him. Mm. So Mariana's like, what are you telling me? Like niece of mine? Like, yeah. like what aren't you telling me? Um, but she's like, hmm, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. I don't trust it at all. Not one bit. And so then that's kind of at that point is kind of when she learns about the maidens too um because at tara's um funeral they all show up wearing like matching outfits so weird but mariana ends up speaking to two of the maidens she takes them out so tara was a part of it zoe was not a part of the maidens as far as we know yes okay and so then Mariana speaks to two of the maidens um she takes them out for drinks to try to get more information about like what goes on in their meetings and like their relationship Mm -hmm. with Edward Fosca. And then very soon after that encounter, 
another one, one of those maidens, one of the two that she had met with, is also found brutally murdered. Um, and so she's like, oh, I'm getting closer yeah. to finding who this murderer is. And one of the things that she kind of discovers with both victims is she ends up kind of bribing one of the, like, there's a name for them, but they're, like, kind of the people that come in and kind of, like, help to clean and tidy okay. up the different, like, dorms and stuff. Right. Um, but she kind of bribes the woman who is responsible for Tara's, um, like, bed chambers. <laughs> <laughs> um, she kind of bribes her to show her, like, let her into Tara's room to yeah. kind of look around. And she kind of, like, spins these little spindly little eyes. <laughs> <laughs> of like oh yeah I was hired to kind of psychoanalyze this person this yeah. murderer yeah. let me in <laughs> so she goes into Tara's room and before she leaves finds this postcard that has like a picture of like an ancient Greek kind of like artwork or like scene um and on the back there's like a paragraph written in ancient Greek okay um and so she's like Hmm, I know an ancient Greek teacher. Interesting. So she kind of like pockets it and yeah. like GTFOs. Yeah. And sidebar, when I first read about the first postcard, because she finds another postcard with um at kind of the the space of the other victim, um, with the same kind of idea, a Greek scene picture postcard with a an ancient Greek message on the back. Um, so after she found the first one, I texted Dryden because he like reads ancient Greek. Oh, you're like, what is it? Yeah, he literally <laughs> sent him a picture. I was like, what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> did he figure it out? Yes. Did he tell you? Yes. Did, he get spo did he spoil it for you? Or no, he okay. did it because I was like, okay, I'm so curious. Like, what does this say? And homeboy called it out. Like he Whoa. was like like verbatim pretty right much. on he was like well it looks like it's about demeter and it mentions the daughter of demeter which is persephone <laughs> and he's like and something about like maidens and a sacrifice and da 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 yeah. and the next chapter sure enough there it is yeah and i was like impressive beautiful job that's wonderful beautiful job and so yeah it's very kind of damning for for fosca so she ends up kind of on this twisty, turning kind of rabbit trail trying to prove um, that Fosca is the murderer. And um, that's kind of what it's about. And so I'm not going to like go okay. any further okay. just so that um, people who do want to read it can have the opportunity to, to be surprised. It all. Okay. Yeah. So thoughts are... I felt like in some ways it had, even though I never read the book, it, <laughs> it had kind of like 13 reasons why mm. energy, mm. even though there was no like suicide. suicide, just in terms of like the cinematography of the show where mm. like they showed these flashbacks where she was still alive and they were just brighter and happier mm. and like more lively versus like once she's dead current, and it's yeah. all dark and dreary and gray and mm -hmm. just so upsetting mm -hmm. it was very much the same kind of energy where you know she's going back and she's kind of talking about 
all of these memories that she has with Sebastian and kind of the, the picture that she creates of, you know, their love and like just how in love they are with each other Mm -hmm. um and all the memories that they have on every corner of this campus and in their house together and so it's really sad and then there's like her now and she just is so empty and everything is just so hollow and less colorful um so that's kind of I thought that was really, really, like, apparent. Mm -hmm. Also, I felt like Mariana had um, Ichabod Crane energy. Why does that sound so familiar? Have you ever seen, like, Sleepy Hollow or, like, the Headless Horseman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's the guy who kind of comes in to investigate. Gotcha. Yeah. I fucking love Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) It's Johnny Depp, like, oh, Johnny Depp. And I think it was, like, Christina Ritchie's, like, first role I think oh okay she was super young yeah but yeah it's he comes in and like one of his biggest like kind of characteristics is that he's just terrified of everything Mm. everything and he's just so afraid but he's also so passionate about like justice and the cause and doing the right thing yeah that he's determined no matter how afraid he is. And I kind of got... That's cute. It, oh my god, it's so endearing. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, you should watch I don't it. Think I, I don't think I have. I know that name, Ichabod Crane. Yeah. I know that, but I don't... I don't, I don't know, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it's really... There's like also an animated like Disney movie. It's like really old, but it's Ichabod and the Headless Horseman. Mm. But kind of about the same story. Okay. Um, but the Johnny Depp one is way darker. Okay. You. Just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just Mariana, I felt like was kind of going into this environment, being so afraid, feeling genuinely afraid of like a lot of the men that she encountered, like Fred kind of big time justifiably kind of freaks her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Fosca has her feelings so uneasy, mm-hmm. but she's so determined because she loves her niece. She wants to kind of make things right. Um, she hasn't really been as close with her niece since her husband died. And so it really is kind of about her tapping into those values and kind of being brave Yeah, and being afraid determined but pushing through it anyway yeah Yeah. which I always love I love that I agree and I felt like she was just so thrown in like way over her head you know like she is extremely brilliant and she's a group therapist Mm -hmm. and she even says like I'm not a criminal psychologist Mm -hmm. I don't like I don't know I'll do my best but like this is not my real house right are there pol- the, there's probably police simultaneously also doing the investigation and stuff like that. Yeah, and okay. she gets so kind of tunnel visioned on Fosca. Yeah. But he has alibis for both murders. Okay. And they've been verified, okay. but she's still so determined yeah. that, like, it it kind of discredits her. Gotcha. And so they're like, stay away right. from this crime scene. Stay right. away from this investigation. Yeah. Stay away yeah. from this case. Like... You're done. You're done. <laughs> it's not him. Move on. Mm-hmm. But she just is so fixated. But one of the things that I loved is that it wasn't one of those kind of instances where the main character is in a, over her head and then becomes like 
the super sleuth. Gotcha. Like, that was not the story. I felt like, you know, she, it was very evident that, like, she did the best that she could. She had limitations. Yeah, she absolutely had limitations. She did the best she could with the knowledge that she had, but it didn't end up taking her to the result that she had wanted in terms of solving this case. And I thought that was so much more believable. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also felt like just the way that everyone was written and the way that like Mariana like would kind of tell these little lies throughout to kind of squish her way into different places where maybe she shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. It kind of created this mistrust of like, Oh no, like, is this going to be an unreliable narrator right. situation? Is it not? Like, cause I think most people in that situation would probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. of kind of spinning these little lies um, to get where they needed to yeah. go or where they felt they needed to go. So, like, is she unreliable? Right. Is that how this is going to turn? Mm. Also, Henry starts stalking her while she's at Cambridge. So we see him again. Creep, man. So creepy. <laughs> so creepy and then with fred he comes back and is kind of woven throughout the story in his own way so it's just kind of this thing where the only thing that you're really sure about for most of the book is the love that mariana and her husband sebastian had it's like the only thing that you think you're positive of because that's how it's painted right but then we learn things oh intriguing but he is dead that is confirmed okay but the whole time there so i guess that is a spoiler he is actually dead (laughs) okay but you know from the beginning that she says he's dead but you don't know yeah okay okay and so i thought that was like really interesting edward fosca is such a character like and He's, like, annoyingly compelling. Yeah. Like, you... You uh, you want to hate him, yes. but you almost... Like, you do hate him, but you yes. also kind of are like, oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's good character work. Oh, my God, it is. Like, because honestly, and I hated this, I low-key kind of looked forward to the scenes where he was going to be yeah. part of them. Because, like, I was like, I want to hear more about their dynamic. Yeah. And there is a scene where, like, she goes to dinner at his place. Ooh. And it's, like, so just, it has all that gothic energy. Yeah. There's, like, a fire. He's in his study area. Uh-huh. Like, there's this dining table. He has it catered. So everything's, like, super yum. Mm-hmm. And they, like, are just getting pleasantly buzzed. And just, like, talking about stuff. But there's this, they eat this, like, lamb, but it's, like, so bloody. Ew. That she, like, cuts into it, and it's just blood. Ew. It's so gross. That's disgusting. (laughs) So disgusting. (laughs) But it has, like, all the gothic energy that you could ever want. And he really is, like, Jared Leto. Very much. Okay. Is that who you that's picture? That's how I'm picturing. Yeah. <laughs> I said it, and now I'm like, I can't like, look nope, away. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Super hot, super slimy. Yep. So gross. <laughs> Leaves you pretty confused about where yeah. you stand. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. That's totally him. Okay. Like, ugh, gross. So, very old school. Definitely had that kind of more... Like how you were talking last time about the criteria of dark yeah. academia, like the obsession was so much more central, I felt, in this book than yeah. in my last dark academia yeah. read. There were themes of, you know, like generational abuse, 
rose-colored glasses mm. and tunnel vision, mm -hmm. um, just being so fixated on an outcome that it kind of blurs everything in the peripheries, yeah. peripherals, perif, 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 the peripherals, the peripherals, you know, just this like profound grief, but also those dark academia themes of like Greek tragedy and it's kind of the symbolism, sacrifice and yeah. performance and like all of that too. So there were a lot of spooky moments. Um, you know, there are a lot of times where she, Mariana feels like she's being followed. She's being watched. She's mm. being chased. And, you know, she'll get these calls where no one answers, like, or no one's on the other end, like, speaking, um, which was so spooky yeah. and just really kind of contributed to that overall Vibe. energy. Yeah, yeah so like good. So good. And I thought that it was really kind of cool how for being a book that was so psychoanalytical in a lot of ways, like, that is the angle that she views just about everything. Um there really was so much insight and discussion about like heavy emotions like grief and how it kind of puts these blinders on and like the love that she has for her niece and wanting to do right by her, mm -hmm. how it really kind of does provide those limitations in some ways. And they talk a lot about the danger of empathy. Like mm -hmm. in this instance, you know, with her and her client, Henry, later in the book, she ends up meeting an old colleague, Theo, who is like, you know, Mariana, like, I feel like empathy is like so alive in you and it's so dangerous because she has so much empathy for Henry that she's constantly in danger right. that he's going to like snap. Do something. Yeah. 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 And so I thought that was super interesting too. Okay. Brief side note. Oh, do tell. Um, as I was, I was kind of looking at potential would you rather questions for <gasps> yes. today. And one of them that I'm not going to do, but mm -hmm. um, it was, would you rather have an obsessive insane person love you or hate you? And that the Henry kind of reminds me of that, like, obsessive love, like, wanting to be in their presence yes. and, like, meeting them. And one of the top comments was, either way, my skin is probably going to be removed from my body, so it doesn't matter. Like, it's all just a means to the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's wild. That's funny. What an interesting question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that that reminded me of Henry, that, like, obsessive, like, mm -hmm. stalking, like, is it, it yes. but it's out of desire like to be you know so yeah that's interesting that kind of reminds me of like the scarlet letter where like i think in the book they talk about how it's kind of like a joke but like they're like honestly like love and hate are they that different yeah yeah, yeah. are they that different yeah and it's like they all kind of orbit such strong emotions yes that oftentimes kind of can result in the same outcome yeah so super super interesting like that kind of dialectic yeah, yeah and also just kind of looking at innocence and a collective responsibility you know like because they talk about this generational like trauma and abuse like just really kind of touching on how it takes a village to abuse a child mm. and how it also takes a village to heal a child mm. so yeah I thought that was like really kind of prevalent Powerful, too yeah. and talking about that who is responsible, like, 
and is it our responsibility to be super observant and but like how do we do that and when is that appropriate because she is seeing all these things that are pretty damning for Fosca but trying to reckon with that doesn't necessarily mean that he's guilty like he's slimy but he is innocent by these standards or is he, you know? So it is, it's really kind of interesting to kind of weigh those in a a balance. Um, And my last note is just that I haven't read The Silent Patient, but now I really want to. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what was your stars? How many stars? I five started. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really good. It was so compelling. It was one of those ones where when you're not reading about it. You're thinking about it. Yeah. You're thinking about it and you're like, I want to know. Yeah. I loved, like, it had these short chapters, but they flowed super beautifully. And a huge part that I totally did not talk about (laughs) is, like, throughout the book, we get these little snippets, these little chapters from the perspective of the killer. Ooh. Who's, like, (gasps) talking. That's intriguing. Yeah. Who's, like, talking about, like, their childhood and what it was like growing up being them and how awful their father was and kind of how that's planted these seeds of like hatred and confusion and like obsession and kind of having these moments of clarity and compassion and sadness but stuffing it Mm -hmm. because it's so unbearable to like work through and to mm-hmm. kind of bring out and reckon with mm-hmm. so that's, that's intriguing of, yeah it's really good did you have a guess about who done it that's the thing like I think just because I trusted no one yeah no one was off the table gotcha me. no one yeah. I was like you're like is it me yeah, <laughs> did I do it? oh my god this may have been me yeah. <laughs> is this my journal yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was, I, in that's kind of, I think, one of the ingredients of a page turner is just, like, I really don't know. And yeah. I usually don't try to guess. Yeah. But I also felt like the author was so good at planting all of these kind of, like, nuggets. Yeah. To kind of make the reader feel like, oh, I noticed that. Right. Like, oh, I noticed that. Like, I'm But they might not. To- necessarily okay. yeah but it kind of it, yeah it doesn't because like every every guy it's like mariana felt very afraid of this man and i was like "Ooh, got mm-hmm. it he's on my list mm-hmm. my suspect list yeah but then it's like and then kind of connecting some of the things that the killer is talking about in his little or her little pieces right trying to see their tone and like what who could this relate to yeah and kind of holding it against all the characters that we meet along the way and thinking that you're picking up on these nuggets but maybe you're not it was just it was very beautiful that sounds sounds really good yeah it was gorgeous yeah so i love that Five out of five, so good. He's Love so it. talented. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to read anything by him. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I've been wanting to read The Silent Patients, and that sounds that sounds really good. I really like the vibes. Yeah, <laughs> it's so told. good. It's yeah. so creepy and so fast-paced, and it's not even that long. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, big <laughs> – it's big words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the chapters are short, but there's just – to I, I don't know. I'm always so in awe of, like, authors who, like – can tell such compelling stories yeah. in such a limited yeah. space. I know. It's so impressive. It's amazing. It is. Ugh. So that was mine. I love it. Aw, thank so you. So exciting. 
Okay. Okay. So Ninth House Me. Oh. Ninth House. Woo-hoo. Yeah, my book, my second Dark Academia book is Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Mm-hmm. This, I've read a couple other books by Lee Bardugo. I read Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm which has been made into a TV show as well, which I partially watched. I wasn't super into it. I didn't love the books. Like, they were fine. They were fun. I finished the whole trilogy. And then she also wrote the Six of Crows duology, yeah. which I read the first book of, but never read the second book. Did you like the first book? I liked it. Did you uh, like it more than Shadow I liked and it more than Shadow and Bone. Okay. But never finished it. Um, yeah. It was good, but not great for me. I don't know why. I just, I never pick, I, I don't, I always intend to pick up the second one, but just never have. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Have you read anything by her? I read the first, the Six of Crows. Like, okay. I did read that book. So the first one in the duology, but yeah. I feel very similar. Yeah. I keep looking at Crooked Kingdom and I'm like, yeah. I want to, I should read that. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to wrap this up. Yeah. And I liked the heist of the mm-hmm. first book so much, but yeah, I, I haven't, I yeah. haven't finished it. Yeah. And then I did you, this one. Did you, yeah, did you say you started it? I did. I haven't read that much of it. Yeah, I started it, but I haven't finished it. Okay. How far in did you get? Not that far. Okay, like, cool. I, I wonder, my page might still be dog-eared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see. How far did I make it? 20 pages. Okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can see why you got, like, 20 pages into it and stopped. And um, that was kind of one of my critiques is that, it really just throws you in. Like, there's so many names, so many things that are mentioned. The book starts off on what's called a prognostication, and you're like, what the fuck is that? And they're, like, cutting someone open. Or maybe that's... Yes! Is that by page 20? Is there in there? I think so, because there are a lot of onlookers. Yeah. And are some of them dead? Yes. 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 So, it's a lot to take in. Like, the first hundred pages, like, there's so many names of people that are like, Oh, and Helly would have thought this. And you're like, who the fuck's Helly? Oh, and yeah. Helly would have thought, who the fuck is Len? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what's going on. Right. But once I started really getting into the book, getting into the meat of it, it all starts to kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. So, and I did really enjoy it once I started, uh, once, once things started clicking a little bit more. Right. This book. Oh, and I also wanted to mention, um, I got a, it's a signed first edition use that I found at Powell's and it's got sun damage, but it makes yeah. this like nice, like ombre, it like this kind ombre. of old, like, yes, I, I, I actually really like the sun damage. I was like, I it's, do too. it's, and it feels like an old, you know, like academic book or something oh. like that with the sun damage. So, so good. Anyway, I was excited to find this copy. So, oh. so this book follows Alex, or full name Galaxy Stern, Alex for short, and Alex had a really rough childhood. Oh god. She, so first off, she can see ghosts. Uh Um, They're called greys in this book, and she's one of the only people who can see ghosts, Mm -hmm. and ghosts, so the the ghosts are remnants of souls, and they're usually, they usually have died in a really brutal way, and they appear as they looked in their moments of death, so they're pretty gruesome looking usually, like there's, some have stab marks, some have like slightly squished heads, some have like missing clothes because they weren't wearing clothes, like clothes when they died, like they appear as they appeared in their moment of death. Obviously, if you're a child growing up, seeing brutally disgusting looking dead people yeah. and you're the only one who could see them that would make some problems because no one's gonna believe you so she had a lot of has a lot of trauma from her childhood yeah she grew up very very alone in life her mom was very loving 
but obviously it's like there's something wrong with my kid yeah (laughs) and tried to do various things to quote-unquote help her that were not helping because the problem is something that they can't understand Mm -hmm. and so going through school she didn't have a lot of friends there's you know, a story she told about a friend she did have. There was a traumatic event that happened on a field trip and her friend cut, distanced herself from her and then there were rumors spread and, you know, she got made fun of for it and that sort of thing. So she grew up very, very alone. And in her young teen years, she, like, young teen years, Mm -hmm. like, she was, I think she's like, 12 or something, Mm -hmm. she discovered that drugs can tamper down that part of her mind that sees the greys, the dead people. So she begins to use drugs Mm -hmm. fairly regularly. And so she, she falls in with the quote unquote wrong crowd and her mother is extremely concerned, doesn't know what to do, you know, tries Mm -hmm. to send her against her will to like a sober living Mm -hmm. facility, rehab place. Alex ends up breaking free, like escaping Mm -hmm. and running away. And her mom kind of shuts off like tough loves her like you can't come home so she ends up on the streets basically ends up living with an older student she's Mm -hmm. i think 14 or something Mm -hmm. not even a student anymore the the guy's 19 kind of takes her in they start dating pretty gross yeah and obviously a user drug dealer and so that's been her life Mm -hmm. for most of her younger years is just using drugs and trying to get by Awful. Her older boyfriend, the boyfriend's name is Len, and then she also lives with Helly, who is her best friend, mm-hmm. who she has a ton of love for, also a user. And so one day, Alex overdoses on fentanyl and wakes up with the cops discovering her, and Helly has od next to her is dead. Ugh. More than that, her boyfriend Len and a couple of other guys in the house have been brutally murdered. <laughs> Alex is briefly considered a suspect, but she's quickly ruled out because, A, she had so much fentanyl in her system. She, she They were like, there's no way she could have done anything, let alone right. brutally murder these boys. Right. And also her body is completely clean. Like, there's no blood. There's no nothing. So she's quickly ruled out as a suspect. Mm-hmm. She's taken to a hospital for treatment and recovery. Yeah. And at the hospital, she's approached by this man who is the dean of Yale. So your book had Cambridge. We have Yale. <laughs> And so the dean's name is Dean Sando, and he's the dean of Yale University, which is in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And she, oh, Alex lives in LA. That's where she grew up. Oh, okay. So dean, the dean comes down to LA at the hospital she's at. She's older at this point. She's, I'm guessing, around 18 or so. Uh, uh, he knows that she can see ghosts, uh-huh. see greys. And so he offers her a spot at Yale University. He's like, We're, we can forge some paperwork. We want you to come join Yale University as a student. Uh But more than that, we want to recruit you as a member of this secret society called the Lethe, Mm -hmm. which interestingly enough, I didn't know this until I was looking up how to pronounce this word (laughs) after reading the book this morning. um, I I was Googling like, (laughs) how do you say this? And (laughs) Lethe. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, Lethe is the Greek goddess of oblivion, forgetfulness, or... um, uh, like concealment, which I thought was kind of intriguing with where the story goes. Ooh. So they want Alex as a part of Lethe, the secret society. 
because she can see Grays, so they're willing to forge her background so she can attend Yale as a student. Yale has eight secret societies or houses. Each one selects a set amount of members per year to join them, and in that secret society they learn how to perform magic or use magic, mm -hmm. and each house specializes in certain aspects of magic. Uh -huh. um, so for example, some of the names and what they can do. So one of the houses is called Skull and Bones, mm -hmm. and they're specialty is extipacy and splanchomancy. So basically divination using human and animal entrails so they can tell the future. So that's what the start of the book is, is the prognostication. It's skull and bones. Oh. They're cutting open someone and looking at their entrails in order to tell I think at the beginning of the book it's they're they're predicting the stocks for <laughs> for, you know, they they they're Yale, so they cater to some of the higher-ups in society. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of fun because the back of the book mentions, like, notable members. And so for some of the notable um, alumni that came from School of Bones are um, William Howard Taft, George W. Bush, <laughs> uh, George W. Bush Sr., Sr., and John Kerry were all Skull and Bones <laughs> alumni. Um, one of the other houses is called Scroll and Key, and their magic is, they specialize in portal magic, mm -hmm. so, and, like, astral projection. Book and Snake, they do, like, necromancy, and so on and so forth. There's eight of them. Oh, cool. Lethe is, or Lethe, sorry. Lethe is not one of those houses, and is instead, quote-unquote, the ninth house, which is, <laughs> hence the name of the title. And they're basically the regulatory body for all of the eight other houses, uh -huh. so they come in and do, like, safety during events they kind of monitor mm -hmm. they make sure that the houses are not getting out of hand um not using magic in ways that are harmful to others mm -hmm. not revealing their magic to the lay people that sort of thing yeah so they specifically want alex because she can see grays which no one else can do wow except for when they take this special concoction or potion that's basically it's super caustic so it's super damaging so they don't do it very often Ugh. but during certain like events or rituals Lethe will like drink it so they can see grays and monitor the grays to make sure they don't mm -hmm. interfere with certain aspects of the ritual okay so but they want alex because she can see grays all the time so that's right. super beneficial how did they know that she could see that so she had when the police found her in overdose. She she was pretty out of it and was talking about not really making sense, kind of talking about seeing dead people, that sort of mm. thing. But they've been watching her for long before this. They've been watching her since childhood because right. they kind of monitor for this sort of thing throughout the country, have their ears in different places. And so they've been watching her since childhood, which, which actually ends up being a point of contention for her because she's like, you've known about me since childhood and you've known how rough my life has been and yeah. you just kind of let this happen? Like, that's uh, fucked. It is fucked. Yeah. They find her, they bring her in. And so basically the story follows Alex as she adjusts to life at Yale. She goes from being a basically homeless drug addict right. to ascending one of the most prestigious universities yeah. in our country. Wow. And so she's adjusting to classes, trying to figure out how to balance her duties as a... Um, new member of Lethe and learning about what that role entails. She she has a mentor named Darlington who's showing her the ropes and that sort of thing. She has a lot of sleepless nights as she's, you know, doing rituals at night for this society. And then, oh, but at 7 a.m. she has a class. So, and she also has to write this paper. So she's really struggling trying to maintain it all. So we start out kind of, the story jumps in, back and forth in perspective from the fall time and then winter oh. and then 
kind of transitions as time goes on into early spring. Uh-huh. So in the fall, that's when she's kind of first introduced to the Lethe house and mm-hmm. is starting to learn from Darlington, figure out what's what. Mm-hmm. And then early spring is when she's got things a little bit more under her belt. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Darlington has disappeared. He's, and he's been, they think he's been sucked away to a different dimension, mm-hmm. but she's, she's instructed by the dean to kind of lie about what happened and she just tells people mm-hmm. oh he's on vacation in italy <laughs> or spain or somewhere i don't remember greece somewhere uh-huh. secretly you know she knows that he's been possibly transported to a different dimension and there's going to be a ritual at the next full moon to try and pull him back okay but she's been instructed to kind of keep it on the dl so she's on her own she doesn't have her mentor and Additionally, in the winter, she has been called by the dean. There's been a murder on campus. Oh, God. A murder of a girl named Tara. What? <laughs> yeah. Shut the front door. I know. That's why I was like, no way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Your Tara was murdered? Yeah. My Tara was murdered. <laughs> right? Four Taras everywhere. <laughs> so, oh, no. this murder happened on campus, kind of barely on the border between Yale and the town. Uh-huh. The girl who was murdered did not go to Yale. She was not a student. She was oh. quote unquote town is what they call people who don't go to Yale. Very yes. elitist. Yes. So she was a town girl, but the Dean wants her to go and investigate, make sure it wasn't related to Yale. There were no ties to Yale, no ties to any of the societies. Right. So she goes to the crime scene and is kind of poking around trying to figure out what happens and mm-hmm. finds out that it's most likely the, the girl's boyfriend. And oh. so she tells the Dean this Always. and he's like, okay, cool like you can kind of let it go no worries uh not no ties to Yale perfect we're good to go gross yeah and she's like well that's kind of fucked up like she kind of uncovers that Tara was a was dealing drugs and so she feels this connection to Tara like that could have easily been me that's you know she has her friend Helly had died so she has this connection to this dead girl she says I don't really want to let this go at that and she kind of pursues it on her own time trying to solve what happened with this murder as she kind of looks into it she discovers that there may be more ties to yale and the secret societies than was original originally thought basically the story goes on and it's the unraveling of like a triad of kind of mysteries there's the murders of her old boyfriend len and the death of her friend heli and then the two other guys who are also murdered there that weren't quite as connected to her personally. Uh-huh. The murder of Tara and then also the disappearance of Darlington. It's this triad of her kind of uncovering information about all of them at once and how things may be more tied in together than, than she thought. And that's where I don't I don't want to talk too much about it because there's a lot that comes from it all. So that's where I'm going to leave it. So again, uh, same as you, no spoilers here from me. I gave this book a four out of five stars. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the dark atmosphere and the Yale setting. Yeah. Um, I don't typically read books that take place in the real world. So it was <laughs> nice for me to read like, oh, Yale, New Haven, and like uh-huh. put that as like a real place in my mind. Yeah. And it really definitely gives like East Coast fall vibe because it takes place in fall winter and then early spring so there's like a halloween the scene for one of them where you know this is in fall so darlington's still around and her and darlington go to this event that's happening at one of the societies so they're all dressed up but there's like magic and like there's different levels of this house where each level is like a different taste of magic so there's like it's just a really cool cool setting yes um i also thought the mysteries were all really gripping and you know, kind of teasing them apart was really fun and figuring out the ways they were connected and 
there are some twists at the end where you're like, oh shit, okay. Were you that surprised? Was, I was surprised. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like hints. I don't think that solving these murders is the point of the book mm-hmm. because there, it's a duology. So there's a second book. I think it's duology. There might be more, uh-huh. but as of right now, there's only two. And there is like a huge cliffhanger at the end where you find something out and you're like, well, that's going to be entirely what book two is about. And you're like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> so solving the murders isn't necessarily the whole point of the book, but right. since there's, you know, three separate kind of mysteries going on, it is fun to kind of pick out what happened and figure out the kind of thread of things. Yeah. Um, I also thought the writing was pretty good. Yeah. I definitely thought the writing was a step up from some of her previous works. Uh-huh. I found it really gripping and engaging and I was worried about it feeling pretentious, mm-hmm. but it didn't to me, Nice, which was nice. Yeah. Cause I don't think I'm, that's kind of one of the reasons the other book that I want to read that or that I considered reading that's Dark uh-huh. Academia is by Olivia Blake. Oh, the Atlas Six. Oh yeah. But I've heard it's really pretentious. And uh, so I'm like kind of holding off on that one. Cause yeah. I don't know if I'd appreciate that. Right. I know that's kind of the point uh, <laughs> in a lot of kind of academic setting books. But it's such a yucky taste. It does. It uh. does. Like all the characters feel like they're smarter than everyone else. Yes. I'm like, go away. But Alex is very like, She's struggling. She's yeah. like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm just trying to survive here. So yeah. that was really refreshing. Because Darlington is a little bit more of that pompous, like, oh, have you studied your Latin today? Yeah. Like, But he's also kind of an endearing character mm-hmm. in that way. Where he's, he's, he's sweet, but he's also kind of pompous and know-it-all. Mm-hmm. So we'll let him slide. <laughs> Give us a pass. Exactly. Okay. Some of my critiques of the book, though, um, besides the, like, confusing start of the book, Alex definitely has not like other girls syndrome mm-hmm. but granted she is not like other girls like not many girls can see ghosts see dead right. people so she definitely grows up with that she's she's definitely different and she grew up yeah. really ostracized yeah but she does have that kind of like i'm a tough bitch yeah. attitude now like i'm gritty exactly yeah. so yeah. it's relatable but also kind of at times i was rolling my eyes a little bit yeah the other thing that I actually really didn't like about this book is the way that sexual assault was handled. Uh, there are several sexual assaults that happen throughout Jesus. the course of the book. None of them really left a good taste in my mouth from yeah. how they were handled. Uh, in particular, this is not really spoilers, but there's this one girl, one of Alex's roommates, is sexually assaulted at a party using a magical substance mm-hmm. that makes the person who's given it, or the person who takes it can control basically other people or like make people obedient. Oh. I can't remember if the, the person takes it and then can control other people or if it's given to the victim and then the victim just becomes subservient. Okay. But either way, the victim's subservient. Right. Um, and just wants nothing more than to please whoever's oh. there. And so there's a video that's taken that ends up going around the school mm-hmm. of this guy sexually assaulting this girl. Mm-hmm. And the girl is obviously horrified and right. embarrassed and feeling a lot of shame because in yeah. the video you can clearly see her say like no I want this like no this is what I want but she knows like I didn't I didn't I don't want this like right. what? She's, she's very confused oh. and Alex ends up kind of taking it into her own hands and ends up in one way or another really humili- publicly humiliating the guy mm. and the girl that was sexually assaulted is then like oh every like everything's better now and like mm. so I'm just like that doesn't sit right with me like that's not that's not going to heal her trauma, you know? Yeah. Yes. You can't just, it's not about revenge. Yeah. Right. Like, well, 
I'm sure a lot of victims would love for their abuser to be taken down a level. That's not, like, the point. Right. You know? It's not, it's not about the public perception of the abuser. Right. Absolutely. I don't know. I, it just didn't yeah. really leave a great taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, a sexual assault of a minor, which was Ugh. not fun. So that didn't really sit well with me in this book. And anyway, that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so... T- and I feel like that was one of the things that I really appreciated about my last Dark yeah. Academia book is that, like... You know, there was also sexual assault at a party, but the way that I felt like it was addressed and handled and talked about was so real and so, like, like you could see the life being just drained yeah. from this girl. Yeah. Like, and the way that she carried it with her, like, mm-hmm. everyone responds differently to trauma. Right. But yeah, it's from, I feel like from all of the survivors that, like... I don't know, like, I've listened to interviews from, or, like, have talked to, or have read about, like, it's, it's never been about... It's not, like, a quick, like, yeah, oh... It's never quick. Great, okay, perfect, now I can go back around in the world, like... Right. No worries here now, like, it's, I was just like, wait, what? Like, you were, your whole ability to even consent was taken away, like... Right. Like, you were put in a position of deep lack of control instinctual like yeah flight like yeah system right you're like alteration your whole ability to to control your own actions was taken away yeah and you don't know why like this girl the roommate doesn't know anything about magic but seeing this guy publicly publicly humiliated just fixes it for you like i i don't right it seems like there'd be some deeper questions and Right. trauma there and yeah. I think it does a disservice to victims like yeah oh once you're once your person's in jail like you can stop worrying about it now like get over it right or you know I don't know and it's they're not gonna learn a lesson from being publicly ridiculed right and if anything I feel like with those types of people it just kind of perpetuates the issue because yeah like I imagine there's already so much pride and like mm-hmm. I did no wrong mm-hmm. that like they would just go on to hurt other and people. this person that person does come back later in the book very aggressive right because now they have a reason to be aggressive like before it was just like doing violence to women but right. now now he's like oh someone did something against me well now like that gives me a reason now like you deserve what comes to you now right and it's like I don't know it just didn't Uh, I didn't love it I didn't love it um yeah overall I did enjoy the book again four out of five stars I really liked the setting I liked the writing so it was a a little bit of a mixed bag but overall I did enjoy it yeah nice and it was a good it was very dark academia feeling yeah I liked how both of our books are like prominent universities in the United States and deal with death of a girl named Tara and uh, they had a lot of similar ties. Yeah, <laughs> which no, absolutely. Fun. Yeah, that was super fun, and yeah, it was. I'm surprised. Yeah, but there is so much overlap. Yeah, I yeah, feel. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the when you were talking about how um she sees the dead as they died, yeah, pretty much like from the aftermath mm-hmm. of you know their cause of death, reminds me so much of Stardust. Yeah, yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. How all of the brothers yeah. are lined up from the different... one with the smooth yeah. face and the yeah. and the one who's like naked, yeah. who's like sliced in the top, is just this yep. neck is yep. bloody. 100%. That's what it it's reminds exactly me that. of. Exactly yeah, that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. 
And, and there's there is a lot of interaction with the greys through at different points throughout the book. Like they do play a prominent role, so that's really fun as well. Yes. It do, it also gives those kind of spooky like gothic vibes, which oh, is really fun. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if Alex can talk to them or just see them. So typically, no, they don't talk. Oh, um, but there are certain circumstances where yes, you can't communicate, mm-hmm. and typically they the greys also do not do harm. And to the living, they just, they're really drawn to things that remind them of being alive. So, like, strong, positive emotion, or, like, not even positive, but strong emotions. Um, like, so they're really drawn to parties. They're drawn to things, you know, anything that makes, that reminds them of life. Right. And you can kind of banish them by reminding them of death. So, like, Alex will carry around, which she learns at Yale. She didn't know this in her youth, which would have been helpful. But she carries around, like, a bag of, like, grave, uh, grave dust. Oh, interesting. Uh, grave dirt to, like, kind of throw at them to get them to disperse. Um, or, like, saying, quote, unquote, death words or, like, yeah. words or phrases, typically in latin or greek um that Uh are that remind them of death so there's one there's one that i love i probably won't be able to find it but that darlington always uses that's a twist on a common latin saying or i don't know if it's latin or greek a common ancient language saying yes but he always says death fucks us all in that (laughs) that, that other language which i thought was fun i love that yeah so yeah, it was a fun book. I, I I will be reading book two. I'm excited to see oh, nice. where it goes because the cliffhanger was pretty good at the end. Ooh, yeah. and completely unexpected. Not completely, mm-hmm. because I kind of went back and forth throughout the book on mm-hmm. whether I thought this would happen. Mm-hmm. Like, because it is hinted at. Like at first, you think yes, it's going to be this way. And then you're like, oh, no, there's no way it could be this way. And then it comes back and forth. So it ends on one of those spectrums. I won't say which one because you'll probably, if you read the book, you'll probably know what might be coming. And if I say it one way or another, then you'll know for sure. So I don't want to ruin that for you. But but yeah, so it's it's good. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I am too. I was nervous about it. So and it, it pleasantly surprised me. Yeah. So and is the second one it's hellbent hellbent yeah is that the one with the dead rabbit yes is it actually a dead rabbit like a real one yeah. <laughs> i don't i would guess no i know i probably would oh <laughs> 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 sensitive little sally you're like please like, no not the bunnies not the bunnies <laughs> yeah oh but it is pretty gruesome looking yes. on the cover yeah i do like this cover though with the snake does the snake have any like um so alex has a ton of tattoos the main ones being snake tattoos when when she was growing up with heli heli used to call her like a rattlesnake um so she got snake tattoos on her Um, oh the snake does have some meaning to alex yeah oh dang i do recommend i do recommend for dark academia nice yeah that's awesome so i do have a would you rather Ooh, nice um so my would you rather is would you rather be able to converse with animals Mm -hmm. or have lifelong fluency in every language okay i think i know (laughs) it actually took me a minute yeah (laughs) Um, I, I feel like I'm typically so, like, impulsive with my answers. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but this one, I was like, oh, I don't, yeah, okay, I think, now I'm, like, second guessing. <laughs> I'm leaning towards animals. Okay. Because how fucking cute. I know. Hummingbirds. <laughs> I love how that's, like, your first, not your kitty, but yeah, hummingbirds. <laughs> they're just, they're also, well, I feel like Gabbertons would just, like, 
oh my god, she <laughs> she's already so expressive. Right, you're like, like I don't want to know yeah. what you're actually saying. Yeah, she, oh god. And then I was like, little bumblebees. Yeah, oh my god, that'd be so cute. And like little spiders, mm-hmm. like maybe it would They're be just something. chilling, honestly, yeah, you know? They're like, I'm just napping, please don't, don't kill me. me. Yeah. But then I was like, dang, that would probably just make me sad. Like, I know, because there's so much animal death going on yes. everywhere. And then, yeah, if I, like, what happens if I find an animal that's, like, dying? Oh, like, an animal that's been hit on the side of the road, oh, and it's, it's still alive. alone. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Like, All the shelter puppies. Oh, my God, the shelter puppies. <gasps> it's, like, so sad. I literally will be, like, if I'm scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, and there's, like, the shelter dog video i literally am sobbing i'm like (laughs) it's so sad it like oh my god so part of me was thinking about animals because i was like i should and like also not turn a blind eye you know like better to know Ugh. like yeah but then on the other hand i was also like oh but any language would be amazing like think about all the the, the travel case, capabilities and friends yes. yeah like so i kind of am leaning towards that one i think in the sense that like yeah initially i wanted animals <laughs> but i and because like, i also wanted to like have to work to understand somebody else's language and culture like this shouldn't mm-hmm. be easy for mm-hmm. me like this is a different way of life and like, right. i should invest the time and the energy into learning but if that's just given to me I could still use that privilege to, like... Yeah, to better understand people. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, build those relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, that Mm -hmm. would be amazing. And then also, in terms of animals, like, as much as I would love to talk with them, I also feel like I don't necessarily need to communicate with them to know their kind of baseline of, like, needs. Right. And to know that, like, I could be better about, you know, like, helping person for a while. Yeah. And, like, all of that. Like, I feel like it also takes away some of the mystery. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's kind of one of the amazing things about animals is that you can't just, like, read their mind. Communicate. It takes some more work to, like, establish trust in a nonverbal way, you know? Yeah. Which I think is kind of special. Oh. I'm the same way where I immediately was like, talk to animals. Yes. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, so your jury's out. Maybe. <laughs> I go back and forth. Same yeah. thing where I'm like, I I think ultimately the language thing yeah. would be better, mm-hmm. but it's tough. Because I like so talking to animals is like one of those things that I've always wanted. Speaking of chatty Speaking cats. Speaking of chatty cats. <laughs> yep. Never tends. Oh my god, I hope you guys can hear that. Yeah, I'll open the door. I'm sure she'll come in. Gabbertons! Hi, little love. Come here. Hi, kitty kitty. Hi, sweet girl. Everyone, Gabbertons says hello. Gabbertons! She's officially joined the podcast. Oh my god. She says, I heard you guys talk about talking animals, so (laughs) here I am. You must be talking about me. She's so cute. I'm going to say other cats too, though. There's so I love cats, man. So part of me is I'm like, what if my cats were really annoying? Are really rude. Like, I guess I'm tiny talking some shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. I want to know what they're saying to me all the time? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But. But. Yep. We would rather, rather be, be reading. reading. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, folks. <laughs>